Cool. Okay, guys, welcome to the Alternative Movement Podcast, where we talk about everything adaptive training. My name is Craig, your host, and today we are joined by Ross Austin. How you doing, Ross? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I did pronounce your surname right, didn't I? I was yeah, Austin. yeah, that's Austin. Austin yeah. Cool. It's spelled E-N, though. A lot of people yeah, that's it. what I was looking at, because normally <laughs> I was thinking Austin or Austin. I was trying to uh, trying to get it bang on. But yeah, I did it. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, buddy. I really appreciate you being on. No problem. Um, I've followed you for a little while. Uh, I've seen some of the stuff you do. Uh, you train at a CrossFit gym. Like, looks cool as shit. So I was buzzing yeah. to get you on and, and get your sort of uh, your input. Um, Ross, I know a decent amount about you. I've sort of done my research. I've got my notes, as I've already said. Um, <laughs> But I'd love you to introduce yourself to my audience as well and sort of uh, give us a bit of an idea about your background, about what you do and uh, who you are. Yeah, yeah, cool. So uh, obviously, I'm Ross Austin, I'm 39 years old. Uh, I'm ex-military. I was in the military for, for 12 years. Uh, commando trained, part of um, Free Commando Brigade, um, 5-9 Independent Commando Squadron. Um, did 12 years in the military, uh, three, three tours. Um, on my last tour, unfortunately, I got injured by an IED. Um, which resulted in losing my left leg above above the knee. Um, I have half a foot on the right side and quite a lot of damage to the upper leg on the on the right side as well. Um, after six months in hospital and about forty two operations, I then wow. went to Headley Court. Um, did two and a half years rehab at Headley Court. Um, obviously, learning how to walk again, get my fitness back, um, and then um, got immediately discharged in June. Uh, 2012 off the back of that um kind of had a really bad couple of years with my mental health um and it wasn't till then um i decided to try and get back into some sort of fitness and sport obviously i did a lot of sport and fitness through my uh, recovery and my rehab which obviously helped uh, massively um so initially i just joined the local gym started to, to train uh, just to try and get some sort of fitness back sort of get into a routine of getting out of the house which obviously then helps with your mental health uh, from then on I saw uh, an email basically came across my desk to try power powerlifting which is um, the bench press part of um, powerlifting so obviously because majority of the people that do it have got lower limb uh, disabilities so I did that kind of got hooked on it um, started uh, entering sort of local competitions uh, did uh, about three or four competitions and then um, got invited by the British Weightlifting Association to go and compete. Sorry, uh, dude. I was trying to see if it was a cat or a dog. No, it's a hairless cat, a hairless cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, got invited up by the British Weightlifting Association to go and compete at the British Champs um, in 2015. Um, I went up and they said, you know, it'll be an eye opener and a, and a good learning curve. And obviously you're competing against um, the GB squad members. Uh, and I went up there and ended up winning uh, my category and becoming British champion in 2015, which then wow. led on to me then joining the, the GB squad. And then for six years, I've represented Team GB, um, competing all over the world, competed at two world championships. At my height, I was ranked 13th in the world. Um, missed out on Tokyo qualification uh, and then obviously COVID hit all gyms yeah, shut messed everything up <laughs> messed everything up all gyms shut all, obviously competition stopped um, so for a good year um, you know I started to have a real think about what I wanted to do moving forward if we ever sort of came out of this pandemic so having done six years worth of um, power powerlifting within the GB squad I decided I think that I wanted to try something else there's lots of opportunities were sort of getting presented to me but you know when you sign a contract with the squad is you know you've got to be careful that you don't get injured and I'm quite a an active person like to push myself and there was other things I wanted to do and I wasn't getting any younger so um I had injuries come into place yeah I had a chat with my coach had a chat with the rest of the, the, the squad members and performance managers and stuff and decided to retire from the um, GB squad from power powerlifting. Um, didn't really know what I wanted to go into straight away. Uh, I knew I was going to always be into in, in fitness and sport. Um, you know, it's helped massively, obviously physically and mentally. Um, so I knew, you know, worst case scenario, I just began training in the gym every day and just, you know, keeping fit and healthy. Um, that's when um, I was approached by uh, an ex fellow squadron um, lad of mine, um, Carl, who 
opened up a CrossFit box um, in, in Devon, where, where I live as well. Um, he got medically discharged from the military um, with um, diabetes. So he set up a, a box, obviously being good friends from the squadron days, he, he messaged me out the balloons like, you know, have you ever thought about doing CrossFit? I was like, never done it. Obviously, I had friends that did it. Used to take the mick out of them. Yeah. And, and stuff and that. Um, As you do. And until you try it, until you try it. Until you try it. I'm in. I'm in. And then day one, he, I turned up and, he, and I think he got payback and chucked me on a rower. And, and then he died. Don't know. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I've been doing it ever since. So that was back in January. So, I'm, you know, I'm not even into a full year yet of um, CrossFit. And that is uh, where I'm at right now. <laughs> you're in in the crossfit game so so crossfit all crossfit or nothing game. isn't it yeah so crossfit all or nothing based in barnstall in devon cool cool is it how, how long's that box been open for so initially it was opened just before covid so oh man they, they, i bet it was panicking yeah so they opened the box <laughs> and then their first whole year they were actually closed but um the good thing for myself obviously being i suppose class as an elite athlete and it's my day job and that um there was there was walls around mm. um uh professional athletes still uh, allowing to to train so we approached the council and, and put in all the relevant paperwork that allowed me to to train so actually even though the box was closed to its members um, i was allowed to come and still use the facilities and then it meant carl can obviously coach me and and obviously still work as well so um mm. but we had the whole box to ourselves for a year quietly introducing me into crossfit behind closed doors kind of thing so that you know when it kind of when i was ready to start sort of getting out there a bit i at least had a little bit of training under my belt mm. that's what we're doing so you've sort of started crossfit in a bit of a, a, a different way because i know when i first started it, it was really the community aspect of it and like when you go into a big class of people and it's like when you're doing a workout and as soon as people start finishing they start crowding the people that are not finished and cheering people on so you yeah, didn't necessarily have that i've noticed you know it's it is it's almost like you said before it is a lifestyle as well it's not just you don't you know you, you go to the gym and train and then and then that's it and then you go up but it is a lifestyle you know a lot of the members meet up outside of classes itself and like you say you know once you finish that's not you know everyone's encouraging everybody it doesn't matter what level you're at either so um mm. yeah it's, it's a great great bars great vibe and really good community it's quite scary to to sort of i think first initial step through the door because you do see these uh these crossfit fit athletes if you watch the crossfit games and you've seen them compete you think these absolute units these machines doing like unbroken 50 pull-ups and, yeah, and you're thinking wow i'm not going to be able to do this but then you go in there and you realize yeah there is like so many different levels of people and it's such a welcoming environment and you don't get made to feel like just because you can't do yeah. um, some of the maybe more technical skill work that you're less of an athlete whereas no you you step through the door if, if you're willing to train you're willing to be coached like, yeah, exactly. get involved. yeah no i mean you don't like you say unless you're going to be doing it sort of full-time as, as your main job like like you say like some of these big athletes are like absolute machines and you mm. know it's just a completely different level of fitness altogether i mean i within two weeks of starting i dropped 10 kilos of muscle mass i mean i was really strong obviously coming from a strength-based sport um, yeah. but no cv no cardio no conditioning whatsoever so i was strong so obviously there was elements of that that i could bring across um into crossfit but i almost had to pretty much start again and like mm. obviously then you've got my disability to take into consideration as well and it was quite it was probably perfect timing because as i transitioned into crossfit crossfit itself then announced that they were going to do adaptive divisions at the crossfit mm. games so it was like right that's my calling then you know i'm not here just to, to take part i'm going to try now and see if i can get to the games and that's that's my main goal from now on so i'm oh, i was amazing, lucky enough man. that my sponsors from the gb squad came with me and followed me which allow me still to train full-time just within a different sport now um, yeah i mean that's that's what i love about crossfit as well like as you say like it's the adaptive side of things like I was more drawn into that. I actually probably enjoyed watching the adaptive games more than the actual CrossFit games itself because yeah, seeing like someone like a, like a Logan Aldridge doing like a single arm rope climb, it's like, oh my God. And like, I know, and you <laughs> see that guy snatching and, and, and cleaning like twice as much as wet as I can do. I'm like, I'm <laughs> that's it. And it's just sort of like putting me to shame a little bit. And that's the beauty. That's, that's why I love what I do, man. Like there's no excuses anymore. Like you see some of the guys like 
you've probably seen my Instagram, some of the guys I work with, like I don't, that not, not a single day they come in and say they've had a shit day. Not that single day they come in and say, they just get stuck in and there's no excuses there. There's no barriers for them. It's like, I'm going to do this. And same with the CrossFit yeah. game athletes as well. It's like, there's, there's nothing going to hold me back from achieving this goal. And, uh, Dude, I'm excited to see you going to the games. Are you aiming for next year? Yeah, I am aiming. I mean, I did, as I say, I started in January, so I'm still in my first year. I haven't even done a full year. Um, so my coach, Carl, at the time, after two weeks, because it was obviously the Open was coming up, decided to chuck me in the Open as an eye-opener. Bear in mind, <laughs> I hadn't done any CV for six years. I still couldn't even do a muscle-up and a like, hand sound. You know, there's loads of movements I still couldn't do. Um, but we, we, it was an eye-opener, and we... I, got chucked into it um and i ended up finishing i think sit for the uk 21st in europe and i think i managed to break into the top 100 i think i was 96th in the world just within two weeks and i was like uh, right, that, that's given me a target if i can do that two, if i can do that in two weeks what can i do in a year give me a year and let's go again so yeah, man. obviously this year it's just been about um you know conditioning learning all the movements um so now and then once obviously I got all the movements and that it was then just building on strength conditioning mm. because obviously CrossFit's just you just got to be good at everything you know there's not one thing because you just don't know what they're going to throw at you and and, mm. and that's what I quite like about the CrossFit as well is like the training is just so you know varied I haven't done mm. since walking in the gym I haven't done my first, I haven't done the same workout once which mm. is Back in the day with the power powerlifting days, you know, the training was, it was one objective, just get strong. And you do yeah. the same kind of training. Your bench, your deadlifts, your press. Yeah, you, 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 you do all your same type of training. You just, all that happens is you just go through different phases of your program. So after a while, I was getting a little bit bored, the same things. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, it's good, it was good to get away from that. So as I say, I've not done, um, I've not done any, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Sorry, two seconds. Okay. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, I hadn't done any of the same training. Um, and that's what I liked. I like the variety and the thing. And I'm not, you know, I'm not getting bored. I'm absolutely loving it and, and buzzing. Mm. So, you know, this year was about getting the training in, but also that you know, the box being new, we wanted to get the box out there. You know, the first year being closed because of because of COVID, we wanted to get the box out there. So obviously we entered into we started entering into a few competitions and that um, we've been doing mm. battle cancer competitions, raising money for the charity as well. Um, yeah, a few of the, a few of the guys that I work with uh, went and done that as well. Um, I, I was working that weekend, so I didn't manage to get the opportunity to go, but that looked really fun. That didn't, uh, yeah, it's good, interesting. Good yeah, really good crack. So, and then we and then we did we did the renegade games as well. Um, cool. We had a, an in in house comp with a couple of other boxes and that that we that we're linked to. So yeah, it was it was good. And then I. In fact, when I was in Berlin at one of the battle council, someone said, oh, why don't you uh, try and enter Wadapalooza, which is obviously a, a big comp in, in Miami, which is one of the biggest CrossFit gay, uh, competitions mm. outside the games itself. So I entered into, into that um, and then managed to get one of the, the qualifying spots for the um, scale adaptive division, which was good. So I'm now literally in, in, in training now for, for Wadapalooza in January. Decent, man. So you're going out to Miami? Yeah, yeah, going to Miami in January, which will I'm be good. Along, and hopefully, a little bit jealous. There, come back ready for the Open. <laughs> oh, that'd be sick, man. That'd be sick. And you have a nice tan as well. <laughs> yeah, hope, well, hopefully, if it's not raining. I've got a friend out there at a minute, so it's absolutely chucking it down. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not very nice. Uh, so, take me back. So, before your injury, yeah, um, had you had you always been into fitness? Of, is that something? Because obviously, yeah. So, you... if, if if I go right back, so when I left. Um, left school well even going, growing up I wanted to be a footballer I was, I was quite a, a good footballer um, and being a young lad back in those days everyone wanted to be a footballer so I had a few trials as a kid but never quite made it I then ended up going to college and doing health and fitness and sports science because um, mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to work in the fitness industry and it was the same old uh, crack you know no after I um, finished college no one would give me a job because you know, I didn't have any experience. So I was like, well, how am I going to get experience if you don't give me a job? So, it's, that, it's that chicken and egg, in it? It's which... Yeah. And then I had uh, I had uh, uncles and cousins in the military and everyone would be like, you'd be like amazing in the military. So why don't you join the military? And I had a really good look at it and thought, yeah, why not? Um, initially, I was going to join the PT Corps because obviously, you know, I wanted to be a PTI and stuff. But then someone said, oh, would you not rather be doing it? Or teaching it and I said actually I'd rather be doing it so I then didn't 
I ended up going um, joining the Royal Engineers because um, as Royal Engineers, there's so many branches that you can go off. So you mm -hmm. can get a trade, which you can use outside in Civil Street. Um, mm -hmm. You can go and do the commando course. You can go and do your dive course. You can go and do your P company. So I ended up joining the Royal Engineers and then branching off and doing all of them. So I did ended up doing them all. And then um, once I passed my commando course, I was posted down to Devon with 5-9 Independent Commando Squadron. Um, I, was, I was there for... for did 12 years, um, did Iraq uh, and Afghan twice. And it was on my last tour of Afghan um, that I got injured. Uh, I tried a, an IED. Wow. So how was that? Like, I, I, I couldn't even begin to comprehend like that moment of, yeah, of training on an IED. It's, it's been 13 years this year. So it was 19th of November. So, you know, the date's not long gone. So it was 13 mm. years. So it feels like yesterday I can imagine, I can remember it um, as clear as day um so basically we were out in a in a fob shared with american special forces we wanted to move and have our own uk um fob um so we'd done a few recce's um of a, of, a, of a new site that we were going to we were going to take um obviously it came to the day of the move um we went to um move up there bearing in mind there's only two or three routes that you could take obviously Taliban had been watching, so I'd obviously planted a lot of IEDs. Um, came to a compound, obviously being engineers, you know, we wanted to basically blow a hole into this wall to get into this compound. Um, so I cleared a, a safe route up. I didn't mark it because the plan was to set a charge long enough for me to clear a separate route back, get behind the wall where the rest of the lads were stacked. That would go bang, we'd go in. So I never, never marked the route up there. Um, as I knelt down to set the charge, a couple of rounds hit the wall above my head. So obviously I was getting shot at. So I had to make a split decision um, to put a quicker charge on it and then just get out of there. Um, I knew roughly the route that I'd taken. And I knew it was like sort of there, there or thereabouts. And I just and just decided to set the charge and get out of there. Otherwise I'm going to get shot. So I set the charge, was running back to the wall where the rest of the lads were stacked, got to about two metres from behind the wall, just went bang. And it's got thrown up in the air, sort of 30 feet. But the first thing I remember was it, as soon as the, the first small um, um, initiation, obviously, to set the, you know, to set the charge off, that went bang. Everything went slow-mo. So I'm like, I just remember my weapon getting ripped out of my hand, sort of getting thrown up 30 feet in the air. It was all shrapnel and dust. And I landed. Everything was coming down slow-mo. And then out of nowhere, it kind of just sped up back to normal reality time. And it was just mayhem, rounds going off, people shouting, people obviously attending to me. I didn't have a clue what was going on type thing. Um, mm. Didn't really know the state of my injuries. I wasn't in any pain because of the adrenaline and that. Um, and it wasn't until the guys were putting the tourniquets on me to stop the bleeding that I was trying to pull them off because I had to put them on so tight. They were like, I was screaming in pain because I was trying to rip them off. They were mm. obviously putting them on tighter. Um, and then I believe I had couple more um shots of morphine and then i don't remember anything after that um got taken back to camp bastion normally they'd fly you out within 24 hours but i wasn't stable enough i only just made it back to camp bastion um if i'd been another k up the road or further up i probably wouldn't have made it back um and then i had to have 10 emergency operations in camp bastion and then they flew me out the following day back to uh Selly Oak in birmingham at the time Mm -hmm. um obviously once i was there i was in intensive care for six months over that period of time I had another 30 odd operations um and then yeah and then once they were they said you you know you, you're stable enough they sent me to um headley court where i did two and a half years of rehab wow it's a crazy amount of operations <laughs> isn't it what you can put your body through <laughs> yeah you see like i say you said like it sped up and slowed down during the moment like almost no, like it did. It was i weird. guess it's, it's like, like, like out of film like yeah i was gonna say like when you watch the films and like you, it all goes like silent you've got that little ringing in the air and you're like looking around like what's going on and all of a sudden it's like speeds up and it's like bullets going off and it's exactly literally what it man that's got to be honestly and i'll say the first thing i remember is just my weapon kind of getting ripped at my hand and I was thinking what's going on and then as it got ripped at my hand I started getting thrown up in the air sort of going off to the side and then I just remember landing and it was just like everything like shrapnel dust everything was just slow motion 
and then I could hear like people, you know, like when they're, they're just everyone's, it's just everything was just slow mo, it was weird. And then all of a sudden it just went and then caught back up on itself. And it was just carnage, absolute mayhem. Jeez. So, what was your first like initial thoughts after sort of like obviously you had um, the morphine, you was at your brain, like at your head. And then, um, next thing you know, you wake up, you wake up, you just had your operations and stuff. And yeah, what well, was your first I, I initial wake, thoughts? well, apparently, I mean, I don't remember. So, they apparently, when I was in Camp Bastion and I'd had the, the first few operations i think they put my mum on the phone um because my mum mm-hmm. remembers speaking to me but I, I can't remember any of it so i so i was awake and kind of conscious because apparently i was talking to my mum on a sat phone um but i say i don't remember any of that i don't actually remember any of the flight back or anything like that um and I, I literally just remember waking up back in the uk um sort of like a day or two later mm-hmm. um uh, and then you know you wake up i knew obviously it, I'd been injured. Um, I didn't know what had happened yet. I didn't know, you know, it was an IED or, or it had been a mortar, a rocket attack or, or what, or if I'd trodden on a mine, because obviously Afghanistan is, is covered in mines from all the previous wars and stuff before. Mm. So I didn't know exactly what caused it. And I didn't even know what my injuries were at the time um, because I didn't lo- lose my leg straight away. Um, no, that was one of the things I read. That was a, that was a decision you made later, wasn't it? To uh... Yeah, so... Because the knee joint, the knee was really badly damaged. I had um, two screws, uh, sorry, two plates, about 10 to 12 screws in it. Um, a big chunk of it was missing. Um, I had a big chunk out of, the, out of my calf on that side. Um, it was just mangled, basically. But because it was still attached, they, you know, they try and save as much mm. as possible. But the problem I had is I was in so much pain with the knee um, and I couldn't really put much weight for it. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go through what two, three years of rehab, trying to hobble on which this, might not work, and it, hobble it on might this leg with, a with a walking stick or with crutches or being a wheelchair. Um, for then later on to say, you know, it's better to get rid of it, or do I just do that now and get on with it? So I went and saw a couple of different specialists, and they all said the same thing. They said, five years, ten years time, you will have to have an amputation so I'm so, so I just went right so you're telling me at some point in my life I'm gonna have to have an amputation and they were like yeah I was like well what's the, I might as well do it now while I'm mm. younger and get on with it um yeah and so you have more time to adapt to it yeah so that's what I did I, I, I decided to have the amputation um and then got and then get on with it and it was probably the best decision I made because you know straight away I wasn't in as much pain as I was and two I, I could walk I could you know at least I could put weight through this prosthetic leg so, you know, for me, it was probably the, one of the easiest decisions to make. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy to, to even have to make that decision full stop. But I guess if you're in that position where it's like, yeah, I can be in agony for the next God knows how many years, and then I've got to have my leg removed, and then I've got to learn how to use a prosthetic limb. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a no-brainer, and it's, it's just like, do it now, get it done. Exactly. Rip it off, exactly. let's go. Yeah, it, well, it was, you know, you got a bit, at, at the time as well, I was already at, um, Headley Court starting my my rehab and I seen guys walking on prosthetic limbs. I was like, you know, he's got one leg and he's more mobile than I am. I'm like, you know, in a wheelchair or trying to hobble about on a on a walking stick. I was like, you know, I need to get rid of this leg and get mobile. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So it was quite an easy decision for me. Yeah, I, I mean, I probably well, I couldn't say what decision I'd make in that situation, <laughs> but I mean, thinking about it, yeah, I'd probably have made the same decision. Hundred um, percent. So, how did you find that like, after that? Was it was it a while before you started getting into training? And obviously, because you mentioned about the uh, GB, yeah, well, I did, I did, I did. Uh, so two two and a half years rehab. So um, there, obviously, you, you just concentrate on on. So the main aim is obviously to get me up and walking, but obviously you need to get your, your bit of your fitness levels back and that because obviously what with uh, so with my prosthetic leg being above me. Um, I burn 80% more energy than you to walk, just to walk. That's not doing any exercise. And it's literally just to, to walk. That takes that amount of energy. So obviously you get tired really quickly. So you've got to get obviously your fitness up just to be able to walk on the prosthetic leg. Mm-hmm. So we were doing lots of physio, lots of, lots of sort of circuit training, body weight stuff, swimming, lots of swimming, because obviously we're, you know, being in the water, you can take the weight off it. So lots of swimming and stuff. And then as you progress through your, your rehab, they start introducing sports and stuff. So it's just, you know, because obviously sports are great, great way to get back into fitness. And obviously it really helps with your mental health as well. 
Um, mm. So I was introduced to all these Paralympic sports I'd never done. You know, I'd watched them for years on the telly, but never done them all. And then all of a sudden I found myself, you know, trying wheelchair basketball and wheelchair rugby and <laughs> doing lots of swimming and stuff. And it was, yeah, and it was, you know, really good uh, to kind of get back into that, into that sort of um, fitness world again. So how did you, how did you find that sort of going into becoming like an adaptive athlete like later in life as opposed to, because I'm assuming some of the guys maybe playing wheelchair basketball and rugby might have been um, disabled or had an adaptation from birth. So yeah, exactly. how, 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 did, how did that feel for yourself going into that? Um, I didn't really, I, I suppose I didn't really look at it. The, the thing with me, I, I, with my mindset and that obviously being ex-military and, and the fact that I'm commando trained, you know, we're very determined, we're very motivated, we've got a strong mindset. So initially for me, when I went into it, I was like, right, I'm not just doing this for the crack. I want to be the best at the best. basketball. <laughs> so I, I joined a local, ended up joining a local local team because in my head, I mean, I, I knew I hadn't said it, but I was like, all I was thinking about in the back of my head was Paralympic Games. Right. Because that, that was my mindset. I was like, right, you know, I, I'm not just doing this for the sake of it. I want to be the best at, at, at this. So I ended up um, really enjoying the wheelchair basketball when I was um, going from a rehab. I ended up joining a local team. Um, and then I was doing it for for a while. Um, and then there was guys there, like you say, that had been born with the disabilities and that, that had been playing for 10, 15 years, uh, that were obviously a lot better than me, but still way off the, the level standard for, you know, Team GB. And I was like, well, I haven't got time on my side. So mm. I... I ended up thinking, right, what else can I do? So I tried swimming um, and I was, and I, I am actually now a better swimmer now with one leg than I was with two. <laughs> so I tried swimming and because I became quite a good swimmer. Um, I ended up starting off doing triathlon to start with. So I started doing triathlon, okay. doing a bit of cycling, um, but found that it was quite, um, one, it's a very expensive sport and two, um, you need, all your time to train because you're training three different disciplines so for me it was it was like right I, and and because of i've only got half a foot on my right side running was quite an issue with me i had a blade but mm -hmm. i couldn't because i had no toes on this side to push off on my running was like my weakest discipline by far so i i was part of the development squad for a while doing that um but then it, like i said i was just like right i don't think my running is going to be where i need it to be um so i pulled away from that and then i and then didn't do anything for about a year it was just going to the gym just getting strong and, and and that in the gym and just training in the gym and then i saw this like i said this email advert thing that came across my in my spam or whatever saying about um power powerlifting i thought yeah, I can, I can shift some weight. Why not? Let's give it a crack. And then that was a completely <laughs> different ball game altogether. You know, I had to almost, you know, start, you know, there's me thinking, oh yeah, I can do that. And then got there and I was like, blimey, there's more to it than just benching. <laughs> <laughs> just lifting so, up a heavy weight. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And then I got into that and I found that um, as my sort of my little, my little way in really into what I wanted to do. Cause so I, I had this mindset that I just wanted to, I wasn't here, you know, I've been given a second chance just because I've got a prosthetic leg doesn't mean why can I not be the best at this or, or that. So I just, that's where I then decided, right, I'm going to give this everything I've got. Um, I found something that, you know, I don't have to have my leg because for benching, you don't need your leg on. It's all upper body. So mm. I found something that actually my disability didn't affect. So it didn't matter what, what my injuries were. I could still do this um, at, to my best of my ability. So that's when then obviously I started training hard for it and then mm. obviously got the invite to the British, became British champion in 2015 and then it just kind of snowballed really quickly from there really. That's quite, that's a, that's a good mindset to have behind that. I think um, like striving for that sort of, that top end um, to keep you sort of motivated. Um, did you, so sort of going on to sort of like the mental health side of things, did you suffer quite a bit after the injury? Yeah, I did. So when I, so when I left, so I did two and a half years at Headley Court. So obviously when you're there, you're around all the lads. So everyone yeah. gets it. And obviously being military, we had the banter. So we all took the mick out of each other and that. And and but it didn't matter because we was all in the same boat. So um and if you had if you was having a bad day, you know, the lads knew what you're going through, and vice versa. If one of the lads were a bad day, you you know, you'd 
to make sure they're all right. And once you knew they were right, you need to take the mick out of them, you know. But everyone understood that. Um, and in, and you're with them like day in day out. So then to go to get medically discharged, be sent home, to then not see anybody and just sitting at home all day. Mm. I suppose that's quite a surreal moment, isn't it? It's sort of like you. I think a lot of people, even even someone that hasn't been injured from uh, the military, uh, they're just coming out, and it's just a different way of life, and it becoming a civvy, and yeah. like you've you've got that sort of camaraderie from the 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 core wherever you're in, whatever unit, and then all of a sudden, right, okay, you're back into normal life again. Enjoy. Yeah, that's, it's, it's, well, the thing is as well, what they don't understand is a lot of the military guys. So like, civvies have their workmates. They have separate groups of friends. So you, your workmates are your mates in the military. Mm. So they're like your family. So you know, from going from having all all your mates, being around all your mates, to then and, and having a job that you did with your mates, to then going home, not seeing anybody, having no mates around. You're just like, brilliant. What am I doing now? Till in fun watching crap telly, and then that's when obviously. You know, you start you drinking and stuff, and then it all is just a big spiral, isn't it? And it just leads on to other things. And then, yeah, for two years, I was really bad. Like, I tried to commit suicide twice. Um, wow. I was on a lot of medication. Um, I was probably on about 40 tablets a day um, for, for all my pain and that. Um, but the tablet, my body got so used to the tablets that in the end, it didn't really matter if I took them or didn't. The pain was still there. Um, Obviously, drinking a lot wasn't doing anything. You know, I was put on a bit of weight and just was and just so frustrated because I was like, you know, I, I did this great career in the military. Uh, I wanted to go on and do other things. And then obviously having that all cut short and then, you know, not seeing your mates, not seeing anybody, you just sat home till in your thumbs day. You know, it'd be days where you don't even want to get out of bed. You just spend all day in bed. And, and if you do get out of bed, it's just to go and get a drink or something. And it's just... You know, and it's that same cycle. Um, and the problem is as well, it's all right going to see, so you, you know, you go to your local GP and they're like, oh, you got a bit of depression. You're like, well, I think it's a little bit more than, than that. <laughs> it's you know? a little bit more and, deep rooted than sit, just a little you sit bit there, You sit there and you speak to your local GP and you tell them, you know, or, like I've just said to you what happened. And they sit there like, don't know what I say to that because they don't come across that every day. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? So, and all they do is they do, you know, chuck you more tablets. You're like, brilliant. How's this helping? You know? So, mm. I, yeah, so I had a really bad, tough couple of years. Um, and then I decided to um, come off my medication. Um, so I actually started weaning myself off one by one each week. I'd drop a tablet. So was that, was, that, was that your decision, was it? Or yeah, was that, that was my decision. Well, I'd spoken yeah. to pain specialists before. They advised me not to, but they also said there was no other medication we could give you because you was on pretty much everything so mm. um and i was like well i'm not going to take stuff for the sake of it i don't want to get addicted to anything so i'm just going to wean myself off the pain is no different and it doesn't matter does it really so no. i just was like i'll just grizz it i'll just grizz the pain with with nothing because it's pointless just taking it so i just weaned weaned one tablet off each week um until i was on nothing um and i haven't been on anything for jesus what we're on now 20 probably since 20 2014 haven't been on mm -hmm. any any medication or so no pain medication at all no pain medication or anything and then yeah after after obviously the couple of suicide attempts i just thought right you know what what the hell are you doing you know you need to get a grip of yourself there's far worse people out there you know i went through headley court for two and a half years and there's you know people there with two limbs missing three limbs missing mm -hmm. i was like you've just got one leg missing you know kind of thing so i had a strong word in myself and that's when i then joined the gym and just started getting back into into some sort of fitness mm. so um for you like that then first moments in the gym how did you find that sort of uh the first week month year oh, yeah yeah first <laughs> you know first few months obviously aching because you haven't done anything for a while um mm. and that and it and obviously it's hard to motivate yourself um but after sort of two months three months you know you get into that kind of mindset into that little mm. bit of a routine and then yeah and then i started enjoying it um and then yeah after it was probably about a year i'd been in the gym when when that email come across my desk about the power powerlifting so i was mm. like yeah that, that's so so was it a commercial gym you uh you went into yeah it was just a leisure center yeah. like the local leisure center um and how, and how, how did you how did you find they sort of like when you come in because obviously i guess like a lot of places don't always see someone with a leg missing or something like so how, yeah, how did you well, find maybe the, the staff yeah the but like, i was used to just people stare you know people stare at the leg and, that, and it didn't really bother me um 
you know, mainly, mainly, obviously, it, you know, children don't see it all the time, so they're the ones that always stare and, and have a laugh. And it's it's the parents that normally get a bit embarrassed in that. But it, yeah. it didn't don't me. look, it didn't, don't look. <laughs> yeah, it didn't didn't bother me at all. I didn't care. People wanted to stare mm-hmm. at me. I just I just mm-hmm. put my headphones on. I didn't didn't talk to anybody. I was just in there, headphones on. I was there just training and just doing my thing. Um, and yeah, did that for a year, and then, um, and then obviously gradually you go at the same time in that routine you start meeting other people and that would go at the same time and then obviously you know you start chatting and that and then yeah it was it, you know it really helped getting back into my fitness mm. um, i think that's it the ability the ability to start speaking to people as well and it? it's uh it's getting you out your own head at your own house yeah. especially if you've been stuck indoors all the time and you've got no one else to really vent to or speak to same as some of my clients they have like the, the worst day ever and like i'm not saying i'm like a um i don't know like a <laughs> A counselor or anything but i know like i have one of my clients text me this morning he just he, he came to me yesterday he felt absolutely rubbish he said he's had a really bad day crap that work um but yeah just just having a conversation and and having a session like he, he walked away and texted me this morning and said like cheers for yesterday i'm in so much better mood and it does that's what fitness does and it does yeah it. i mean i've done some horrendous workouts and you just and, and why are you doing it you, you hate you just want to stop and that but then when you're done that like you say that feeling that you get that you know that you've done it and, and you, you you do get a buzz for it mm, yeah and that's why i'm so passionate about it like the job i do is because of i've seen how much it can help people and i know i'll probably preach a bit too much about fitness to people I'm like <laughs> it will change your life and they're like oh will it no i'm like no it absolutely will if you if you if you if you go and try if you if you struggle to get asleep at night go and do a hard workout like i guarantee you will not struggle getting to sleep that night like if you don't like drinking water go for a run i guarantee water will be the most delicious thing yeah. you've ever tasted in your life after that run yeah. um so yeah I've, I've seen a lot of positive uh a lot of positive come from fitness um so with yourself like you i've seen that you you've gone into sort of like motivational talking yeah speaking and uh in this sort of direction how have you found that is that sort of something that you've just sort of started or is that something you've been doing for no a while? i've been doing i've been doing it probably for a number of years now yes yeah. i did um so after the british champs in 2015 um i did invictus games obviously prince harry set up the yeah. invictus games and um by then i was already in the, the gb squad so obviously i did the power powerlifting at the invictus mm. games so it didn't affect my training or anything, um, you know, and being a member of the squad. So I did that. I won a silver medal in, mm-hmm. in that. Um, and then I came back from there, there and, and then found myself. So I hadn't done any talking by then. But when I came back from there, I found myself a little bit in the sort of the spotlight. I was straight in the local pavement, a little bit like that. Um, and then people like schools were coming to me saying, oh, can you come and do some talks? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I'm, I'm quite happy to do that. So initially I was going into schools, around schools, you know, taking my medal in and just doing um, a couple of sort of little motivational talks. And then I had companies that wanted me to come and do um, talks as well, but go into a bit more in depth, obviously with my injury and that. So you know, I then had sort of three or four different presentations set up, depending on who my audience was, depending on how much depth I went into and that. And then obviously still doing my career. So obviously yeah, more medals I picked up on the way. I used to just obviously go to schools and take all my medals in and that. And then I think it was on, um, I did a talk for one of the companies um, and then I went into in a bit more depth into obviously um my mental health side of things like through my recoveries and stuff like that um that mm-hmm. then i then became a mental health ambassador for one of the companies so then i ended up doing sort of two separate talks so i had a motivational talk and then i had a, a mental health um talk that i'd presentation that i would literally just talk about sort of all the dark days and how i overcome it and you know that the fact that i'm here now talking to you guys type thing um mm. and i've been doing that probably since 2016 amazing so you you enjoy that i take it if you've yeah I, I don't mind talking I, i'm quite I, I you know i wear my heart on my sleeve and i'm quite happy to talk about it, it doesn't affect mm. me anyway talking about any of it um and if it helps you know if i'm doing a motivational talk and it, and it inspires people then great because that's what i'd love to do is inspire mm. people and that and then if i'm doing a mental health talk and it you know it reaches somebody that especially in men obviously we're so bad about you know you know talking about our feelings and stuff and admitting that we've got a problem what's that what's 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 feelings <laughs> yeah exactly so <laughs> if, you know so if i Shut can them down. Do talk, if i can do a, you know if i can do a talk to somebody and it makes someone realize that actually yeah, i'm not okay and i need help then 
you know, I've done my job then. You know, I did a mm. talk. I did a talk uh, last year. So when we came out of the back of the first um, lockdown, I ended up doing a, a talk for a, um, a group of it, construction company in London. It was, and it's mm -hmm. all, all construction workers, all taking out of each other and that. And I did this talk and I was really honest and open and that. Um, and told him how it is and then straight away after that talk three three guys come up to me and go look i think I've, i think i need help like kind of thing and i was like you know just just that there uh, if i potentially save them three guys from trying to do something silly then i've done my job well yeah definitely man i, I know it's obviously it's quite a harsh way to look at it like this but like you've almost been given an opportunity and a platform to help others i know you've had to go through a lot in the process to do that exactly um, you've yeah. obviously lost limbs you've lost a foot, <laughs> you've like you've had to go through all this stress you've had to go through dark days yourself but now you're sort of come out the other side and you're in a position now where you can help other people and it's like it's sort of rehashed your purpose in life like whereas before like yeah, you had that very that. very clear vision of what you wanted to join the the, the the military you wanted to go in a certain direction but then in a heartbeat that just got taken away and and yes, you let it get you down, but ultimately you've chosen a new path. But yeah, I mean, I again, say... I think in a second second chance, and you've got to take the most of it. You know, I lost, I lost, we lost a couple of friends that obviously didn't make it. Um, and I've been given a second chance, and now like I have this saying, like every day's a holiday. Just go and do because you never know what's around the corner. You just got to go and do what you want. So whether that's ticking stuff off your bucket list, go and do it. Whether it's you want to buy that, just go and do it. As long as the, as long as I've got a roof over my head. The bills are paid there's food on the table i'm going to live my life to the full and if I'm, you mm. know there's things i want to do there's goals i want to do there's dreams i want to follow you know i've got mm. all these things i want to do and i'm just going to go out there and get it and do it you know no one's going to mm. do it for you you've got to have that mindset that you know you've got to just go and you've got this one life because in a heartbeat it can all change mm. yeah definitely so uh, how how what would you sort of put your sort of mindset to? Would you put it to because you was in, in the military or would you, have you followed anything since you've come out as any, have um, you followed any particular people that's helped you develop a strong mindset? No, I think, I mean, I've always been quite like, I suppose growing up, I was very, you know, set in my ways in that. But I think the military just emphasised that and helped develop it more mm. into that. Like, because I like when I went through my rehab and that, and, um, so because I only had half a foot, on this side all the physios and everyone were like you'll never run ever i was like get me a blade and i'll show you but i'm the worst <laughs> person to say you can't do that i was like give me that blade and they wouldn't give me a blade so i ended up borrowing one off the, one of the lads took my socket off my leg put it onto the blade put the blade out and i dragged like three nurses out into the, the field outside and i ran 100 meters and ran back obviously i was blowing and hanging out but i was like there you go i've just run 200 meters don't tell me i can't do anything <laughs> and i've kind of had that mindset ever since like i'm the worst person that says if you can't you know if you, you can't do that i'll just keep going until i prove you're wrong um but yeah i just i just yeah i, I suppose it's just I, I think the military definitely helped develop that and um, but it's just one of those things you know why just because i've got a disability should i not be able to do that or mm. just because i've got one leg but I can't, you know, give that a crack or do that. Or who's to say that you can't do that just because I've got prosthetic mm. leg? Oh, I thrive on that, man. I love it when people say I can't do something. <laughs> yeah, I was like, tell me, Don, try me, try me. Don, tell me I can't do it. I'll show you. I'll bloody do it. And, you know, and I'm just like, you know, I dare you to say it type thing. But I'm just like, I'm just trying to be the best version of me I can and just try and inspire people along the way. Um, I've got a few big things planned in the next couple of years for charity. Um, one thing I forgot to mention when I was going through my rehab um, in my first year, uh, I kind of hit a bit of a brick wall with my with uh, not progressing physically. So uh, a couple of um, the lads from my unit, we used to come and visit me and we came up with this crazy idea that I'd do a US Marine Corps marathon in Washington, D.C. for charity. So I was okay. halfway, through, halfway through my rehab and I told all the physios, I was like, I'm going to do a marathon and they're like, you are crazy i was like i'm gonna do it on my crutches and they were like not fair play man and i ended up doing it and raising probably nearly a million quid for charity so um you, so proved, you proved them wrong you proved in, them back wrong in, back in, <laughs> so i did that back in 2010 um and then yeah from that from that kind of <clears throat> moment onwards i was like right there's nothing i can't do if i want to do it i'm just gonna do it um mm. and yeah, so there's a few more. That was the last thing I did for charity. So there's a few more things I'm gonna, I've got planned. Um, but 
I've got to just see how my CrossFit stuff goes first. That's the, that's, that's, <laughs> that's it, man. You, you might become the you might become the <laughs> next big name in the adaptive uh, CrossFit. Well, that's 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 the plan. I want to be because it's the good thing is I when I transitioned into CrossFit, obviously they just announced it. So obviously CrossFit's been quite big in America. Um, so they've got a few adaptive athletes that are quite well known out there. And, mm. and that, but obviously UK is obviously we're a lot smaller and it's still relatively new over here. Especially mm. for a lot it's of growing adaptive. it's growing very quick oh, over it is growing really quick so i've already had a couple of dms off other adapted athletes and that so we've got a guy coming down tomorrow who's a baloney um so he's coming down to do so he's going to do the class with me i'm going to do some coaching and we're going to do some training together um what's his name sorry uh so his name's charlie but on social media his name is uh one leg and a mullet <laughs> Wait, do I know him? I felt my. You might, you might already follow, follow him. Oh. You might already follow him. He's one got, leg. Yeah, one leg and a mullet is he's on his. Uh, <laughs> and the mullet's becoming a big thing in uh, in CrossFit now, and a lot of people um, getting mullets. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's he's coming down tomorrow. He's a baloney. Um, yeah. So he's just started recently into CrossFit and wants to compete, and same as me. And because I'm the one at the minute that seems to be out there competing going to the you know because I'm just because I'm I'm like on so like finding all these big comps and just hitting them up and going right do you have an adaptive division? And they're like, uh, no, I'm like, well, I'm coming to compete. So, <laughs> and they're like, okay. And it's just getting the awareness out there. So I'm, mm. I'm really pushing, you know, I mean, I'm in, got a few big connections, which is good. It's helping me get that kind of foot, one foot in the door. Mm. So I'm hope, hoping to try and develop it in, in this country, like really, really big. Um, and oh, awesome, so I'm, I'm in talks with a few big companies to potentially next year, create actually adaptive um, category or, if it's teams to allow adapted athletes to, to like participate and, and you don't necessarily, depending on the discipline, you don't necessarily have to change a lot of things. It's just tweaking little things. So for example, mm. if you've got a squat, because I'm above me, I don't have any control over my knee joint. If I start squatting, I can't stop the leg, especially if I'm putting my body weight for it. So for me, a squat would be to a box. So you're not changing the exercise. I'm just, Putting, reducing the range of motion or just yeah yeah um, having uh, that and, stop and, and that it's stop just point. and it's just little things like that so like um you know, you know and it's just so there's not a lot actually that needs to be tweaked as such mm. it's just creating that um that exposure slight, to slight it. alternative movement man that's what yeah, it's about all, yeah exactly <laughs> so, <laughs> hence the name I'm, Dude, um, we've, go on sorry yeah so i'm so i'm you know i'm trying to hopefully um obviously training permitted obviously because the games is probably but i'm trying to hit as many comps as i can um without doing too much that gets that exposure out there and, mm. and, and you know as creating that awareness athletes, creating that awareness for adaptive athletes in the uk and i kind of want to be as it's in its first year i want to kind of try and be the the sort of the trailblazer for it in the uk um and pushing awesome. it really hard i say me well, definitely we've got very very similar missions yourself and me um so that's one of my sort of goals is to with with alternative movement and what I've created, I'm trying. So now it is going into a CrossFit gym um, as of January. So my idea was to create alternative movement where I would almost create workshops and courses where I can go into other CrossFit gyms and give other CrossFit coaches the ability to adapt their programming. Like it's, as yeah. you say, it is only slight tweaks, but not many gyms have that knowledge and how to tweak their programs for an adaptive athlete. So yeah, I thought, exactly. what, what, a, what a beautiful thing if I can create that and uh, and sort of uh, echo that across CrossFit gyms within the UK as, as it's yeah. growing. And as you say, with the adaptive athletes. Well, that's things. what I'm like, the plan is to come, when I come back from um, Miami from Wallapalooza is obviously concentrate on the open, get the open done. And then depending on where I finish, if I qualify for the quarterfinals and stuff like that. But um, it all, as I say, it all depends how far I get the games, but main aim for me is always you know, to try and get to the to the games and that but potentially doing you know not obviously just having this exposure to other big competitions and help develop this, the adaptive side of things in this country but also to do sort of box tours where you go around um to boxes that potentially won't have adaptive athletes in their box they haven't got any adaptive athlete members but going there and just showing them like what we can do and what if you have an adaptive athlete that walks into your box you know, there's no reason why you can't take them on, you can't coach them, you can't, they can't be involved, if you know what I mean. Mm. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. Like, not necessarily, I don't think there would be uh, resistance within a CrossFit gym in regards to sort of like an adaptive athlete came in and was like, I want to train. I don't think they'll turn them away. Oh, no, um, but I, I, don't think, think, I, I definitely think some think... people would be 
you know, kind of mm. not confused. Not but, sure. You know, not, not sure, sure. how to, to deal with it. Like, like but it would say. be nice if that athlete could go into the gym and go, oh, I'm looking at training, I've got a leg missing or I'm in a wheelchair. And they go, right, cool, come with us. We're going to put you on this um, XYZ program sort of thing, or you're going to follow this program that's slightly adapted. And, well, that's uh, why that he, Charlie's coming down tomorrow, you see. So he's baloney. So he actually, because he has his knee joint, he can mm. pretty much compete with the able-bodied, mm -hmm. give or take. Because it's such a massive game changer having your knee joint. Having that knee flexion, yeah. Yeah. So he he can and he he has been and, and will be. He he wants to compete and he can compete against. But he it's like he said. So he's coming down here because obviously he follows me and he's reached out to to, to me and 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 uh, CrossFit all or nothing down here about getting you know coaching and, and wants to do it because unfortunately in the box that he coaches in oh sorry uh, trains in. They don't coach so he just turns up he takes a program off crossfit's website and just does it but he's not progressing because he has got no coaching and they don't know yeah. how to coach him if you know what i mean so he mm. he's obviously just getting fitter and fitter but he's not necessarily progressing because he's not actually getting the coaching whereas tomorrow when he comes down here he'll do the class with with himself can you know go up against able-bodied people which he loves to do anyway um and then we then go into sort of like training. So we will then go off the program and then we go into some sort of coaching to see, you know, we'll work on weaknesses, whatever he, so for example, he's, he's been down once already. So for example, he can do a muscle up. So we've already done some progression with him that he can go away to his box and teach. Cause I said to, I said to him before, I said, have you done, a, if they taught you how to do a muscle up? And they're like, no, they don't know how to. So if you can't do it, you don't do it. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't do it? Well, if a muscle up comes up, you want to compete. Well, if a muscle up comes in the wad, what are you going to do? I was like, you've got to try and learn how to how to do it. So obviously, Carl, the coach here, straight away, we spent a, a, a half an hour, an hour breaking it down into move into into sort of sections that he can take away and go and do. So I'm expecting him tomorrow to come back and rest a bit because he's mm -hmm. actually been given the, the coaching to go away and he can do that on his own. It's just things okay. like that. So, you know, that's the whole point of potentially doing these little box tours just to go around mm -hmm. and give, you know, these CrossFit boxes the awareness and the ability to, if a if a adapted athlete strolls into their box, you can take them on, no problem. So what um, have you have you lined up any boxes to go into yet and do? Uh, well, yeah, we're in talks with a few, but it's just, this, and I mean, obviously getting Christmas out of the way, I've got my comp yeah. coming up. It's just tying everything down. We're, we've, we've, we're talking, you know, to some, to some, um, big names and got some boxes you know because uh, if we can do it at a higher level straight away then the awareness is going to be out there more and then we want to filter it down all the way you know to to the sort of the, the smaller the smaller boxes as well but we just want the awareness out there um mm. myself and carl as well we've got a youtube channel up so we're doing like some proper coaching specifically to adapted athletes because if you go on youtube and click coaching or whatever for crossfit it's just There's nothing all, it's nothing for adaptive it's all yeah. just you, you know for your athletes and that so we're trying to we found that gap with you know it straight away we're on that already and we've you know created a few youtube videos already so we're just trying to get that awareness out there mm. um, so what are, what videos have you created have you created ones is it just at the moment for lower extremities do you have like wheelchair so, so yeah so at, so at the minute um so it's it's lower extremities at the minute but we're in talks, I'm in talks with other athletes with different impairments to me. So I'm, I mean, I'm in um, conversation with a woman that's got one arm lost at the elbow. So the plan is to get her down or we go into her box, do some training with her, see how she does things and, and how she does it because it helps me understand it, helps Carla coach understand it. And then it just gives you that insight. So then the, the, the plan is to have all these videos of all these different adaptions or different disabilities so that whoever decides to log on and watch it, it's got your, your fall into one of those, mm. those categories. Mm. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's a real niche, isn't it? It's like when it I sort of niche, hit on yeah, the, and that's you know, why on, we're on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that's, that's the problem, like, cause there's not a lot of competition for that, uh, for that niche as I was sort of like speaking to some of my other like PT friends and it's like, um, they're, they're not intimidated by sort of like you tend to find you can get an animosity between other well, the PTs plan is, and work we're, and we're stuff. Trying, I mean, obviously there is some videos that will be 
specific to CrossFit, but we want to show mm. it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be specific to CrossFit. It's just health and fitness in general. Lots of like, yeah, just anybody with a, with a disability wants to go on there and, and learn a movement that makes them fitter, stronger, healthier, whatever, regardless of their disability, they can do that. It don't, you don't have to be doing CrossFit to do, mm. to do it. It's a fit, you know, it's just that, that those, like you say, those range of movements. It's, 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 it's fitness. It's fitness for yeah, people with disabilities or, or, or adaptive athletes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nice, man. So you've got a real sort of clear vision. That was my sort of next question. What's your sort of next steps for the future? But Well, with that, sort of... <laughs> it's, it's juggling everything. It's that, it's developing the channel. It's getting the awareness out there it's meeting people it's networking it's, it's trying to get grow the sport you know the adaptive side of it over in this country as well as my full-time training and my main goal which is you know get to the games eventually um mm. and, and at the same time you know compete at as many many comps i can and, and just build that awareness and just try and you know create a really good community of adaptive athletes over here in the uk um, you know, because as I say, we're, we're always one step behind the, the Americans. Obviously, there's some big names. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say a, bit, a bit more than one step. <laughs> we're yeah. well behind the Americans. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> Unfortunately. It's just trying to, yeah, just trying to help grow the sport in this country, basically, mm. uh, as well as obviously my own sort of selfish goals of trying to get to the games. That's not a selfish goal, man. If by getting to the games, you can raise <laughs> that awareness, like you're helping yeah. other people as well. So, and that's the thing, you want to become that sort of... Uh, like I'm sure you've got your sort of uh, people you look at and go, oh, I want to be like that guy or I want to have that sort of level of uh, success within within this industry. And uh, well, yeah, you, I mean, you, you, you know, could be that for I someone else. Some of the big names, I talk to some of the big, big athletes, you know, the well-known names in this country um, and on a you know regular basis and get advice and that. And, you know, looking at going to their boxes, doing some training and coaching with them guys because, you know, best way to learn is to learn from the best right who's our best athletes in this country so mm. you go and find them and you you learn from them it doesn't matter i've got one leg <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I said don't reinvent the world man if someone's done it already go and learn from them guys they're going to exactly. give you the best uh, best experience exactly um, so how, how have you find the, the adaptive community have you been sort of met with quite so when i first sort of like put myself out there on social media um with what i do like honestly like the, the amount of people that was coming through and just there's the warmth from other sort of like people with disabilities or adaptive athletes or other adaptive coaches. There was just such a, a strong connection there. There was. I mean, like... I think. I mean, I think because it's in its first year, there's lot. There's a lot of um, obviously teething problems because, um, and it, which will eventually get ironed out as and mm. when more adaptive athletes um, obviously come across. So at the minute, there's only my category is lower extremity. So. I, for example, would potentially be competing against Charlie, who's a baloney. Now, Charlie can, could, could compete against able-bodied because he has that knee joint, mm. whereas I physically can't because I haven't got the knee joint. So he will beat on certain things. He will beat me all day long because he has that knee joint. Now, at the minute, there's not enough athletes to go, right, we've got a lower limb. Uh, sorry, we've got a, a, low, a baloney and above me. But that's what we'll need to happen eventually to make it a level sort of playing field so that, mm. you know and obviously i've only got half a foot on this side so my balance is non-existent so anything overhead i'm having to work 10 times harder than everybody else because i've got the strength so but it's a it's stability right side of things put, it's right saying you know i know for a fact i can put more weight on the bar but i can't physically can't because i haven't got the balance i've mm. got the strength to do it but i haven't got the balance to do it and and obviously being that they don't take that into consideration as a separate disability mm. you know what i mean so at the minute like if you speak to like um derek one of the um american athletes he's just like you know above knees we just got to work 10 times harder than everybody mm. else because we have we've got to work 10 times harder than the below knees to try and keep up with them and then you've got the below knees that are competing against people that have got um limb deficiencies in length or and that but they've got all their limbs so they're never mm. at a disadvantage in that. But until the, the sport grows and develops and we've got enough athletes coming in, we can't necessarily have all these different categories at the minute. So, mm. um, but yet, I mean, I'd like to think what they, you know, I'd like to think eventually there'll be more athletes will come across like with the Paralympics, you know, power powerlifting was fairly new, came into the Paralympics quite late. Mm. Um, and as it, as it started growing, 
what you started finding was people from other sports decided to come across. So, for example, uh, the last year before I retired, we had a female come across to the team that was from wheelchair basketball. She'd been to two Paralympic Games of wheelchair basketball. And as you can imagine, been in a wheelchair all the time, she was big and strong upper body. So she just transferred that skill straight to, to power powerlifting. So would, you'd like to think as the adaptive side of things grow within CrossFit, mm. that more and more athletes from other Paralympic sports might come across. Mm. That's because the hope, yeah. Because the thing, because uh, the good thing about the CrossFit, uh, CrossFit is because there's so many different elements to CrossFit, you could almost come from any sporting background into it. So you don't have to, you know, like like the power powerlifting, you want to be strong. So, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not specific, is it? It's, yeah, exactly. Um, so there's not certain but, athletes from certain sport that are going to come across where CrossFit is so. Mm. you know it covers everything you know gymnastics mm. strength conditioning cv it covers like like you say it's so it's such, such a big range that mm. whatever sport you do you could potentially come and transition into crossfit mm. quite easily from any sport and, background and that was one of the things that sort of uh, crossfit says it, that it said you shouldn't be first in anything you should try and be second in everything yeah well that's why matt, Fra matt fraser was so good at everything because he he trained all these weaknesses yeah. Hence why he he was he, you know he was hard to beat and he was so dominant for five six years because he was you know most people are good at one thing and not so good at, at that thing but with Matt he was there he brought everything there brought everything in one so line not yeah. one you know it wasn't one massively here one really here he was there with everything and that's what mm. that's what I'm trying to do I'm trying to just be good. We're not, you know, just trying to get everything. On <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? Because you've got your favourite movements and you've got your favourite. <laughs> it's like, I'm really good at cleans. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to do ring muscles today. Let's do cleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just trying to, that, well, that's why I train full time. You know, you've got to, got to put, in the, put in the hours and put in the training. So what is your favourite movement if you was going to put one on it? I don't really have one? a favourite movement, to be honest. I mean, uh, there's certain things that, uh, obviously that I take my leg off for. So that's the other thing. So if there's a workout or a wad that, you know, doesn't, I, I look at all the elements, all of the movements, and I think, right, actually, I don't need my leg on and I can do my, that without my leg, then I'll do it without my leg. But then there's some that might need your leg, might not. But then if I've got to do that transition of putting my leg on and off, I'm wasting 30, 40 seconds putting my leg on. So it's mm. one of those, do I keep my leg on? Do I keep it off? But I have to look at the whole, workout to see whether or not it's worth um Type. taking it on or off and then but if it's on if it's in a qualifier so like online qualifiers you can do before you submit them you can do them as many times you want before you've got a time frame to mm. submit them so what i would normally do is do it once with the leg on and once with the leg off and see which and see what uh, best time is <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so stuff like um how do you find doing like kipping movements like kipping pull-ups or so, toaster bar yeah so toaster bar absolutely because my, my core is really strong from all my mm -hmm. rehab and, and stuff so toaster bars are not, not a problem pull-ups aren't a problem um the, the the kipping is is not a problem muscle ups aren't a problem now um because everyone was like, oh, you're doing muscle up because you're strong. I was like, it's nothing to do with strength. It's all, it's all technique. Uh, and mm. for three months, I was like, I can't do it, can't do it. And then all of a sudden, you just get that movement and it's fine now. So mm. um, I did, uh, so my last movement that I couldn't do, that I hadn't, but I hadn't really practiced it, was um, muscle ups on the rings. And then mm -hmm. I can do that now. So I can now physically do every single movement within oh, fantastic. the CrossFit. I'm now just trying to obviously condition myself and get better at them all now. Affect it, string and them now, together and yeah. And then and 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 that's the thing. It's it's all right splitting these, but can you do these exercises when you're blowing out when you've just done so and so or you've just done that? It's that <laughs> and it's just trying to find that that um from speaking to other athletes, the only bit of advice they gave me was like just remember it's not a sprint and it's it's about taking tactical little rests mm. here and there. So mm. obviously in the military, we're, we're told to just go gun home and <laughs> just stay out the blocks and you're like, it's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm learning, I'm learning quick. Uh, yeah. So it's just now about conditioning, um, conditioning and maintenance on the leg as well, because, you know, if I, my leg tires, especially if I haven't got my leg on, my leg tires quite quickly. So it's just maintenance, getting that leg strong and used to, 
that amount of volume, but mm. without doing too much and preserving. Yeah, it. start keeping um, that symmetry within your workouts as well, and yeah. avoiding um, any imbalances. And conditioning, CV wise, obviously, because you know, coming from a strength based sport, I didn't do any CV for six years, so it's just about building that back up uh, and that. But yeah, it's it's, it's getting. There. I'm I'm in. I'm progressed so so much in since I started in January already. I mean, I did. I did one one of the um, qualifiers for the Open. We did probably three months ago, four months ago, and I probably knocked I don't know three minutes off my time from the first time I'd done it. Oh, they so you know straight away you know and the weights are creeping up on the bar, so you know I'm now shifting a bit more weight and that. Mm. But it's, like I said, it's all about the movement and the balance and technically getting it all right and that. So for me, I. My, my aim is to just try and get to a level where I can RX everything. Once I can RX everything, I will train at that. And then I'll build, I'll build on that after. Because mm. on the day, if it's a case of like one rep max, you're just going to chuck whatever on at the end of the day and just do it on the day. Yeah. You know? So it's just, yeah, it's just take, training hard, but just making sure you're covering all, all, all aspects. Cause like you say, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the exciting thing about it. Like I'll, I'll sit up waiting for the workouts to get released on the open. Me and the missus just sit there cause missus is big into it as well. She's a Olympic weightlifting coach. So uh, we yeah. sit there like waiting, waiting for the, waiting for the <laughs> going, come on, come on. Oh no. Like last year's ones were, or this year, sorry, was horrible. Some of them open workouts. It was a uh, real tough, like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I struggle with them anyway. The missus didn't. She's an absolute machine, but it's uh, yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Cool. Um, yeah, man. I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, That's all right, dude. You've 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 spun me a little bit with that story. That was a uh, I couldn't imagine <laughs> being in your situation, but no, like you, I, I can see you motivating a lot of people. Um, and your mission, you've got a good mission, and I think uh, I say you're going to help a lot of people. And, and I'd love to see like what changes you make within the industry in the UK within the next few years because it is yeah. very much in its uh, early stages. In the U- it's, it's in the early stages in America, to be honest. What's CrossFit been about for what 20, 20 something years? It, I don't know. I'm sure, I should I should know. I done the course the other day. I had to recite <laughs> this stuff back, like, like a cult leader. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah, no. It's yeah, but, it's, yeah. It's, but yeah, it's still it's still very much in its early stages in, in even the UK. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah big but, time, yeah, big no, time. It's, it's good. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you for coming on today. Um, oh, I know cool. my audience is going to love listening me. to some of your stories. No, it's not a problem at all, buddy. <laughs> I really appreciate it. But um, yeah, keep up the good work, bud. And uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on in the future as well. If, uh, yeah, yeah, no dramas, yeah. Once once you've been to the CrossFit Games and you've won and then uh, we can get you back on. <laughs> that's if that's if you're not too famous by that point and then you just uh, sort of be no, messages. Never, <laughs> never, never. Awesome, bud. All right, cheers, Ross. I really appreciate right. you, mate. Take care, man. Cheers, and you. Cheers, pal.